The roller coaster ride that has been the West Virginia Mountaineers 2021 season is almost over and it will officially end after a bowl game. So West Virginia does have a bowl game in store as they will appear in the guaranteed rate bowl. Some may remember this as the Cactus Bowl. Some may remember this as the Cheez-It Bowl or the old Cheez-It Bowl since there's a new Cheez-It Bowl. I'm a fan of Cheez-Its. We don't have a Cheez-It sponsor. Neither does this bowl game any longer. And I am here to preview this game for WV Sports Now. And of course, here on Pittsburgh Sports Live, as we are going to be joined by somebody who covers West Virginia's opponent in this game to give you Mountaineer fans a perspective from the other side as he covers the Minnesota Golden Gophers. Got to have that golden as part of the moniker as well there. Andy Greeter, a sports writer with the St. Paul Pioneer Press, will join me. Of course, I'm Mike Oste here on PSL and WV Sports Now. So first off, Andy, I appreciate you taking the time. And I imagine this is a bowl game that maybe some Minnesota fans, like Mountaineer fans, are looking forward to, but maybe some hoping for more this year. Kind of two teams that are in the same situation in many respects as maybe you normally would get with bowl games like this, I don't. I wish we were dining on Cheez-Its right now, but but nonetheless, we're going to talk about the guaranteed rate bowl. Yeah, you forgot about the uh, the insight bowl era right. of this bowl game. That's you know, way who back. Could, who could forget? Who could forget about that glorious right. time? The uh, the Gophers played in that, I think, a few times in the mid two thousands. Yeah, Cheez-It okay. would be a much better sponsor, I think, than right. the guaranteed rate bowl. I don't think that's going to be something that. Fans are going to always remember that they play in the guaranteed rate bowl, but yeah, it, it um, is harder to remember. I don't know if on any of your research you've noticed, but it actually, when you dive into the bowl and yeah, insight bowl, and it was yeah. the cactus bowl, West Virginia actually appeared in the cactus bowl back in 2017. I believe the last year of it being the cactus bowl, it actually has the disclaimer. You're right now looking at the, the, the formerly cheese it bowl in Arizona, but then there's a cheese it bowl in in Florida. So it's all kinds of confusing, but currently it's yeah. the guaranteed rate bowl as it stands. We will stop giving Cheez-Its their, their unjust plugging. Again, Andy Greeter here, sports writer with the St. Paul Pioneer Press, as he will join me to discuss the guaranteed rate bowl between Minnesota and West Virginia. So to get things started here, Andy, Minnesota team that's eight and four, second in, yeah. in the Big Ten West, certainly a, a, a solid conference, certainly a competitive conference, being second in the Big Ten West, certainly a positive season you'd imagine for most teams with what you're dealing with in front of you. Although Minnesota did deal with a pretty bad loss earlier in the season to Bowling Green. So it's been bumpy for Minnesota as well. What would you say this season has been for Minnesota on maybe a scale of one to 10 with one being a negative bad year, 10 being a really positive year. I mean, last year, fourth in the big 10 West, obviously that was a dip from the year before, but some maybe want to give teams a mulligan with that really truncated COVID season. Minnesota's won four straight bowl games. They're in another one here. It's a solid year. I'd imagine. I've actually even heard from some Minnesota fans when this bowl game was initially announced, they felt even insulted that West Virginia was the opponent because West Virginia, let's face it, has had a worse year than Minnesota. So I even saw some Minnesota fans feeling like they should have got a better opponent. I don't, I don't know how, how that will go over on the Mountaineers side, but how would you rate this year for Minnesota? Yeah, I think that's a good question. I think it's maybe in the the six or seven okay. region uh, just because, you know, they went into the year as one of the most experienced teams in college football, uh, especially on offense. You know, their right. offensive line is, is the most experienced in the game. 
Um, they've got veterans. They're maulers up front. They had the Big Ten running back of the year in Mo Ibrahim, uh, and they came out of the gate flying and, and had a lead on Ohio State at halftime and, and in the third quarter. And their internal expectations of competing for a Big Ten West championship and, and maybe going to play the Buckeyes again was yeah. very much there. And then Mo uh, ruptures his Achilles, and that's kind of the first of, of dominoes they had at that running back position. Um, and yeah, you mentioned the Bowling Green game. That's a that's a, a stink that they have not been able to wash off, and they'll continue to have that on them throughout this year, just because of how damaging that was to yeah. this team. You know, they bounced back from that and and won four straight in the Big Ten, and and things were looking on their way up. And you know, they had an arch rival in Iowa in two weeks, and then they they laid an egg against the Illinois team that has a first year coach and Brett Bielema and. And uh, it was kind of shadows and, and hearkening back to what happened against Bowling Green. And then they go to Iowa and, and they lose that one. And, uh, you know, P.J. Fleck has never beat Iowa. That's, like I said, one of the arch rivals. So anytime that you, you don't get the 90-pound the bronze pig, the Florida Rosedale, it's always disappointing. <laughs> I enjoy for, that one, yeah. For Gopher fans. Um, but then they bounce back and, and beat Indiana. And then, you know, they needed some help to be able to get to the Big Ten Championship game. They needed – you know, four-way tie to kind of shake things up and get there. Uh, and they did their part. They beat Wisconsin. That's yeah. always, like I said, with with Iowa, when you get Paul Bunyan's axe and, and you go <laughs> eight and four, that's always a good season. You wish you had the axe to cut up the pig, though, and be able to right, enjoy exactly. the Right, exactly. Yeah, right, you right. got to butcher the pig somehow, right? Right, you need right. the axe to do it. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so t- the fact that, you know, they had – expectations of, of competing for the big 10 West and they fell short of that. And people fans remember the fact that they went 11 and two and went to the Outback bowl two years ago. Right. And that kind of set a bar high for this program. And obviously you mentioned the COVID year. So to not quite have the same kind of success that they had in 2019, I'd probably say a six or a seven, just knowing that, you know, they, they will look at that Iowa game. They'll look at that Illinois game and obviously the Bowling Green game and, and wish they had them back. Yeah, and to also be fair to the 2020 year, maybe a mulligan for everybody involved here. The Mountaineers actually had an improved season that year, and some could argue dipped a little bit in terms of the climb and we fell backwards this season, which is why they're here. But no guaranteed rate bowl in 2020. So the, the bowl shuffling and the confusion of 2020 and all that chaos actually led to this bowl not actually being played. Andy Greeter here joining me, sports writer at the St. Paul Pioneer Press. We're talking the guaranteed rate bowl, Minnesota and your West Virginia Mountaineers here on Pittsburgh Sports Live and Western and WV Sports Now, West Virginia Sports Now. Now, Andy, how did this team get over that Bowling Green loss and get better? Because, yes, it's yeah. been a bumpy road, but they're coming off of a big win over Wisconsin, who maybe entering yeah. the year maybe was overrated for some, but they certainly got better as the year progressed. Iowa, you mentioned, being a game that they they have yet to be able to conquer. However, Iowa having a special year for 70% yeah. of this season, so not too bad of a loss. How did Minnesota get this thing turned around because while that loss is going to stick out like a sore thumb, it wasn't something that ruined the year. No, it wasn't. And I think, you know, they've relied on their defense all year. You know, they're one of the best defensive teams in the country. Um, That's been consistent throughout the year. Uh, You know, besides the fact that Ohio state gashed them early on in the opener, right. They've been, they've been really good throughout the rest of the year. 
They're one of the best scoring defenses, one of the best total defenses. They're great against the run. Okay. They've been re- they've been really consistent, and I think it's going to be a real challenge for West Virginia's offense to to get past them. Um, so yep. they've been consistent. The, the Gophers have been able – we talked a little bit about the running game, and they lost all Big Ten running back. They lost their number two. They lost their number three. All three of those guys went down with season-ending injuries. Yep. So they're on running back four or five. And those guys have been our four-star freshmen, either true freshmen or redshirt freshmen. And that, like they've been running behind that offensive line that I mentioned. And that has been consistent as well for the most part. It's been the passing game. It's been Tanner Morgan in his okay. third full season uh, under center that hasn't been consistent enough. And that's why you see uh, Kirk Shiraka, the offensive analyst at West Virginia last year, back here as the offensive coordinator because they made a change immediately after the season and, and didn't renew the contract of Mike Sanford Jr. So he was kind of used as the scapegoat okay. for yeah. a passing offense that wasn't <laughs> very successful. Uh, scapegoat, you know, maybe is a little harsh. I think it's it's a little – it's there's a lot of gray area on where the blame goes with the Gophers passing offense. Tanner Morgan has some. P.J. Flex conservative approach has some. You know, the wide receivers had a bad drop rate. Uh, they had breakdowns in those losses on the offensive line, and, and Tanner Morgan was pressured a lot and sacked a lot. Um, so there's a lot of blame to go around in those losses, but Mike Sanford Jr. had to fall on the sword, and that's why Kirk Shiraka is back here uh, after two years away. Uh, so, yeah, like like I said, it was the passing game. It was the inconsistencies there. Their number one wide receiver uh, was injured for that Bowling Green game. He was hobbled with an ankle injury for most of the year, um, and they didn't have consistency with pass catchers. So – the passing game <laughs> is the answer, and there's okay. a lot of places, a lot of ways to do, to slice that up, and that's why it wasn't a better year for the Gophers. Yeah, and, and just looking at the schedule too. I mean, I watched the Minnesota Golden Gopher football this year, and obviously not as much as you, but it almost seems like when Minnesota's clicking, they can really click. But when they're not, you're looking at 14-6 against Illinois, and I right. I also experienced covering that game that they had against Penn State, and and, and how their offense can struggle at times, and the weirdness of that one. But 14-6 against Illinois, so similar without all the overtimes, and then you're, you know the Bowling Green game that we mentioned. So it can get really good, it can get really bad. You know, it also can segue into some keys of this game because you mentioned what Minnesota can do as a defense and you mentioned potentially the issues they may have at quarterback which Mountaineer fans have certainly dealt with some inconsistency with Jared Deggy even though his Big 12 numbers are right up there at the top this year and kind of a different year for the Big 12 Big 12 not what it used to be but he's certainly been up and down. I mean, they've had games with only a field goal in terms of their offensive output as well. And Letty Brown, who was the superstar running back entering this season, a great year last year, a thousand yards last year, struggled most of this year, and then is looking ahead uh, beyond this bowl game. So what are the keys for you for this matchup here between Minnesota and West Virginia? And I guess the question then will be if Minnesota wins this game, what do you think occurred? And if West Virginia wins this game, which I think it's safe to say would probably be an upset. I don't have a Vegas line in front of me here. We're still a little bit of ways away. I I would say that's probably safe to say Minnesota a little better of a year than West Virginia this year. What do you think occurred if West Virginia does, does take this victory? They are coming off of a bowl win last year, Minnesota four consecutive bowl victories in their last four appearances prior to this one, even though last year, not the way they wanted that season to go. Yeah, I think uh, a line that I saw was Gophers minus four. I haven't looked okay. in the last week or so. And that's so, going to yeah, fluctuate, I'd imagine, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it since, but that's kind of right. where I think okay. it kind of opened. Um, 
so yeah, I think, you know, like I, like I mentioned at the top, like the Gophers defense has been really strong all year, especially against the run. And yeah, without, without Letty Brown, I think that, you know, there's going to be an opportunity to just kind of make them a one dimensional um, potentially. Um, I, I can see that being something. Yeah. I don't know where the depth is at the running back spot, but just seeing Letty's numbers, it shows me that he was kind of the, yeah, one. I mean, there's a there was a clear divide. I mean, he was a yeah. clear number okay. one, and the offensive okay. line also struggled most of the beginning of the year, which is why you see those numbers having dipped from where he was even last year. So West Virginia does have a bit of a weaker offensive line. They do have yeah. Matthias Jr. and others who who imagine will step in. And Deggy is a quarterback that he has veteran experience now. He has okay. had games where he can throw yards, led the conference, but. If I would imagine if Minnesota makes this a one-dimensional game and they force him to beat them throwing, there's certainly the opportunity for mistakes by Deggy as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, just given the Gophers rush rate, you know, they rush the ball 70% of the time. Uh, I'd imagine they're going to want to do that again. It looks like West Virginia is, you know, pretty good nationally against the run. Which, yeah. De- you know, defensive line wise. Yeah. yeah for the last yeah. couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that, you know, would be interesting to see if they're able to take the Gophers out of their running game, which is, like I said, been their bread and butter and, and force them to pass the ball and see what Tanner Morgan can do because we've seen them, them struggle at times when, when that has been what's needed to be done. Um, So I think if, if West Virginia wins the game, I think they, you know, are able to to stop the run and and force Tanner Morgan uh, to beat him with his arm. And uh, we'll see if that's possible. You know, I, we saw some more wrinkles, some more creativity in the Gophers passing game as the season wore on. I think okay. fans lament that they didn't see it earlier. Uh, so with a bowl game and, and Kirk Chiraca back in the building and, and Matt Simon, who's a co-offensive coordinator, uh, just seeing the creativity that they had in the Outback Bowl a couple of years ago, yeah. when Chiraca left and they had a month and Matt, uh, excuse me, uh, Matt Simon had a, had a few weeks to be able to prepare. I think we saw you know, more creativity, more layers in the passing game, um, a little bit of trick plays as well. Uh, so we might see that as well. So maybe it isn't as such a Achilles heel as it has been at times this year, the Gophers passing game. So um, I don't know. I, I, I really question just given how lights out the Gophers have been uh, <laughs> defensively. Um, I just think if they're able to play it at that same way that they right. were, uh, it could be tough for West Virginia. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be a favorable matchup for West Virginia by any means. Here, the Mountaineers will take on the Minnesota Golden Gophers in the guaranteed rate bowl here, joined by Andy Greeter, sports writer at the St. Paul Pioneer Press, to preview this game. And as you're mentioning, you may see trick plays. This yeah. is a bowl game, so you want to be in a bowl game. It's better than not being in one. West Virginia had to fight for their lives to even get here. You want those extra weeks of practice, and it is about building the program for something better if it is a bowl game, say, on this level. Before we get our our official predictions here, I do want to also ask you, because when you get bowl games like this and you Mm -hmm. have two teams that maybe they've had a win or two that they can be happy about, you mentioned the Wisconsin victory, for Minnesota to kind of cap things off and get into this bowl game on, on a high note. West Virginia had a big win in a rivalry reborn over Virginia Tech earlier in the year, even though the Hokies then went on a bit of a losing streak afterwards. So mm-hmm. West Virginia kind of looking for that big win still uh, as well sure. for, for Neil Brown. But you're you're looking to have better 
in the future. <laughs> These programs are both looking to improve. Sure. The practice is about trying to figure things out and improve as well. So PJ Flex has been there since 2017. And you mentioned mm-hmm. a couple years ago, the special season that landed them in the Outback Bowl. Only a couple losses that year, I believe. Last year, dipping off. And then this year, you get to a bowl game, but certainly a bad loss here or there. Feels like it could have been even more this year. And you're in the Big Ten where you're dealing with behemoth teams of Ohio State, there's always the opportunity for Penn State, even though they were down this year. Michigan has taken a while to get back, but certainly back to glory this year in the playoff. And then Iowa, uh, Northwestern, Indiana. These teams have all had special years in, in recent memory. Maybe Minnesota fans are going to say, you know, if they can, why not us? That could be a perspective out there. But what is the current state of the Minnesota Golden Gophers football program under PJ Fleck? What would you say for a fan or somebody that doesn't follow that program at all? Mm-hmm would be the perspective of him leading that helm fans opinion of him, your thoughts Mm -hmm. on the future of this program in terms of the roster or even him individually as the head coach here moving forward from the guaranteed rate bowl. Yeah. I mean, uh, he comes to a program that has been mediocre for about 50 years. So the fact that, you know, they had an 11 win season two years ago uh, in his, in PJ flex third year, I think people look at that as, Whoa, they popped sooner than maybe, people expected them to. So I think that was, uh, you know, right. kind of a, a boon and, and kind of a gravy train, if you will. Yeah. And then there's positives that. and negatives of that with the perception. Cause then when you do exactly. that, yeah. like what happened maybe with West Virginia right. last year, people are going to say, well, if yeah. you have less losses, you had a worse year. Well, <laughs> you're building from something too. Yeah. Right. So you go from five and seven to, uh, you know, six, seven and six to, 11 and two, well, then the expectations go up as right. well. Right? right. So then you're, Oh, wow. So this is a team that it really can compete for the West and then the COVID year and they go three and four last year. So to come back to, to eight and four, I think it's considered a pretty nice bounce back. Uh, I think that they've got a lot of buy-in um, you know, they don't have any players that are opting out from the bowl game um, and they have some pretty, you know, respectable likely NFL draft picks. Yeah. That is that, that is rare this year for sure. Yeah, for sure. In in modern day college football right. to not have any uh, is impressive. They've got four key players on offense that are coming back for a sixth season. Uh, one of them in Mo Ibrahim who's coming back from an injury and it's probably advantageous for him to to do that just for his draft stock going forward. But right. three other guys that are coming back for their sixth year. So it seems like from a cultural standpoint you know, it's, there's a lot of buy-in. There's a lot of belief in what they're doing. You know, I, I'm sure the, you know, internal expectations to win the West will, will come roaring back again in the off season to kind of keep pushing that level to finally beat Iowa. I think that would be huge uh, for this program. So I think people look at it as, as trending in the right direction. You know, it's, it's a difficult place uh, to win, right? You're talking about two rivals uh, on, you know, the South and the East that have, <laughs> pretty much owned the conference or owned the division for a long time. And then you also have the fact that, you know, we're sitting here on Monday night and the Vikings are getting ready to play (laughs) and they they run this town, you know? So the perception of go for football, they really have to pop in order to get the collective, you know, mood or attention of the community behind them because it's a Vikings town and it, you know, it has the other four major sports as well. So there's, there's plenty of other attention that goes elsewhere. So to see them at eight and four, I think it, it's encouraging to see a, a bounce back, uh, but to be playing you know, at nine o'clock on a Tuesday 
um, in a in a bowl that you're right. like, what? It doesn't have a, a fruit or a, a flour or a, a sugar yeah. or you know a, a Tostitos chip next to it. It doesn't quite <laughs> have the same or a yeah. cheese it next right. to it. Yeah, um, at least a cheese it. Yeah, yeah, at least a cheese it. Come on, right, <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think I think it's good. But like I said at the top, like it's a it's a seven win type of season. You're never going to turn down eight when you talk about the historical nature of what this program has done since the mid sixties. Um, but you also see the 11 win season. You see them right on the cusp of, of going to Indianapolis and playing in the big 10 championship and, and falling short of that, given the experience that they had um, I think, you know, good, but not great. Yeah. And you mentioned the nine o'clock start time. That's for you. It's 10 yeah, PM right, for yeah. West Virginia fans yeah. who are in that market as that's East coast standard time. So yeah, that, that's, that's looking like wrapping up coverage at two, three in the morning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it could be worse again. You could not be in a bowl game at all. This is a bowl game and something to see for both of these two programs moving forward. Would you say there's any pressure there on, under PJ Fleck? Because I will tell you from the comparison side for the flip side, even for, for your viewers, Neil Brown's only in his third year at West Virginia and came from mid-major program at Troy, but there's already starting to be some pressure. I mean, I've got DMs in the middle of this year, <laughs> players jumping off the wagon who then sure. would provide that commentary publicly. So it could be the difference of expectations as well, where Minnesota is in a city and it is in a location that is certainly going to have their mindset on the Vikings and even what the Timberwolves and twins do. And while West Virginia sure. fans aren't far from Pittsburgh and a lot of them are Steeler fans. There also are some that are Bengals. I mean, it's split all across the board. It's not a pro area. It's a college town. So that is the number one focus of people down there. Uh, That's not the case for Minnesota as they're fighting to get on the news as well, but maybe that's more pressure for Neil Brown, but for a guy that's not been at West Virginia, as long as Fleck's been at Minnesota, maybe mm-hmm. Fleck having that special year a couple of years ago has bought him some rope. It sounds like that maybe has bought him some rope. Whereas it, if I would compare, there's probably more pressure on Neil Brown to not only get a bull win, but I would say next year with a, the quarterback position and many others potentially in flux, even though likely Daggy back next year, if Neil Brown picks up a six win, seven win season again next year, despite the athletic program loving him so much, that would turn that hot seat up pretty high to I'm not sure he would be able to, to handle that or be able to, to, yeah. to stay the course if it gets to that pressure. So would you say this pressure on PJ Fleck, he's been there a little bit longer, does have that one special year, but it seems like both programs now are in a similar situation. And even though it's a tough conference, I don't know if Minnesota fans are just going to put up with mediocrity forever. I don't know. Maybe there's a sense of it's certain programs like a Kurt Ferentz at Iowa, maybe you just handle it for a while and then you get that one special year every six years or so is there pressure on him or is he able to kind of ride under the radar because of the situation in the market? And because of maybe it sounds like the fan base kind of understands the program. It's almost never going to be Ohio state. So you got to take it with a grain of salt too. Yeah. I think, like I said, people think that it's, it's moving in the right direction, right? I, I think okay. this is an eight win team. Uh, he got a, a seven year uh, contract extension in October uh, so right. his seat, his seat overall nice. is, is pretty calm. It's structured in a way like most of these deals are yeah. that it's, it's really like a, a two year contract, and <laughs> right? Two years. We're going right. to be talking about another extension, just right. how it's, how it's structured. I think it was interesting because obviously the Bowling Green loss was, was on the, on the resume, yeah. uh, but they had won, I think four or five, four straight big 10 games to start big 10 play the resumption of it. 
And overall, I think they were at six and two at the time. Okay. Um, so he got the contract extension and there were a lot of people howling about it saying, why are we giving him a contract extension in the middle of the year? They've lost a bowling. Grade. When you said October, the timing immediately popped to me that that was odd timing. Yeah, for sure. So, and they, so yeah, it was, why are they doing this so soon? Right. We've got Bowling Green. We still haven't played Iowa and Wisconsin. The season can go in another direction pretty quickly. Um, but I think when you look at it, they like the direction that he's going in. Won 11 games two years ago, ended up winning eight this year. And you saw all of the craziness in the coaching carousel that once things started to develop in November, right. there was no doubt about where PJ was at and, and where he was going to be. And, and he could focus on, you know, the recruiting class and the general direction of the program and the donors could rest comfortably that he's here. So it was not like, cause his name has come up a, a number of times. It came up for Tennessee uh, right. last year. It came up for Florida state two years ago. He's a young coach. He took a Western Michigan program from one and 11 to 13 and one he won 11 games at Minnesota. He's 40 years old. He's young. He's charismatic. He's uh, he's got a lot going for him. So his yeah. name has come up quite a bit. And those are, let's face it, step above jobs. Yeah, you could, you could definitely say that. I mean, the, sure. you know, Florida state's down right now. Tennessee's yeah. not near the glory of the nineties, but you could make an argument. They just step above jobs. Maybe he doesn't feel that way based on where, when he was offered those jobs, but you can make that case. Yeah. So, so his name has come up and there's been pensiveness around the program to, to hear that. So to have this coaching cycle happen uh, when he was not mentioned for anything throughout it, um, I think is, was, was a good thing for fans to have to not have to deal with that. If it was true or not, or if it was rumor mill or actually substantiated Um, I think they like the direction of the program. Uh, they gave him a contract extension. His seat is pretty comfortable. Right. I think if, if they come out and, and have a good showing against West Virginia, uh, things will be just fine for him going into next year and even into 2023. Yeah, and then if he turns it around and has another special year, maybe his name will get brought up again, and then Minnesota fans will have to wipe foot off we the got, ground. we got to do another contract extension, and, extension and another bigger buyout. And, right. You know, another raise and, and all of those kinds of things. So yeah, right. that's that's how it goes. That's how it's structured, and you kind of bet on yourself a little bit and right and uh, try to figure out where it goes in a couple of years. That's what makes it exciting. Yeah, and these two programs are similar in the respect of they're certainly historically solid programs. There's history there. There's great players there. You did mention obviously a 50 year kind of trek into the wilderness for Minnesota, but overall, if you look into history, there, there's been some solid play, granted, way, way, way back there, but even the special year of a couple of years ago. So these are programs that is not a bad job by any means, but they're not in destination jobs. There are other jobs that if these coaches have continuous special years, they might be promoted to from somebody out there around the country. So that's out there. That's real. And that's something to think about if this would go one way for Minnesota, you know, West Virginia fans, maybe if it would go one way for Neil Brown, but I think he needs to focus on actually climbing right now because a definition of a climb is actually going up. So we'll see if that actually occurs. It also does sound like that maybe PJ Fleck and Neil Brown might be able to hang out and have some fun together uh, <laughs> leading up to this bowl game because they are similar in age. They have similar resumes. They're getting here at similar programs to this point. They probably could learn a thing or two from each other. Mm-hmm. PJ may be a little bit more charismatic than Neil Brown, who's kind of everyone's best friend, but <laughs> you know, they might be able to go out to, together and enjoy themselves Two similar coaches. It's not a, uh, catastrophic different situation where you have a 35 year old or 40 year old and then 
he's facing off against some seven-year-old in his final year. These are two similar programs, similar head coaches here. Yeah. So Andy Greeter here, sports writer at the St. Paul Pioneer Press, joining me here as we previewed Minnesota and West Virginia in the guaranteed rate bowl, even though we both, I think, would prefer this to be the cheese at bowl, at least to be able – I'm going to enjoy cheese nonetheless. Um, but what's your pick for this game? Minnesota – West Virginia, you mentioned Minnesota, a little bit of a favorite in this game. They had a little bit better of a year and a little tougher of a conference. But West Virginia has had their moments. They certainly do have a defensive line that no matter who's there, even with Darius Stills gone gone from a year ago and trying to get in the NFL, they also maybe have a line that could pose problems for exactly what Minnesota wants to do. So maybe this is a bad Mm -hmm. matchup for West Virginia, but maybe this is also a bad matchup for Minnesota possibly. What's your pick? Yeah, we'll see. I actually I looked up the line while we were talking. It, okay, it's four and a half minus the Gopher, so it hasn't hasn't moved very much since I saw it open. Okay, um, you know I think I I hope that it's I hope that it's close. I hope the fans are able to right. be entertained by it. Um, I do think the Gophers will cover. Let's go with uh, twenty eight twenty one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if it's in that neighborhood. Uh, I also wouldn't be shocked if West Virginia would even get blown out in this game. But when you have a a game like this, you do kind of want it to be an entertaining close game. And both teams Mm -hmm. are using this week or so practice to potentially get funky as well as look on to the future. So who knows what we'll see in this game. And if you're going to stay up late and either fan perspective and watch this game, you do want to be entertained. Andy, I appreciate the time. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll both be enjoying this guaranteed rate bowl and we will see how long it is called the guaranteed rate bowl. So maybe at some point in the future, we can reflect that we covered the guaranteed rate bowl, which then will become something else and it'll get forgotten. Like the insight bowl, as you mentioned there early, late nineties, early two thousands during the dot-com boom, they had a, they had a bowl game. I don't know. I don't know if anyone remembered that until you made that comment, but I appreciate the time, man. Yeah, you, you well, you made me hungry for some Cheez Its, so I'm gonna have to get, get a snack in here tonight. Yeah, I'm what's your favorite it. flavor of Cheez It? Oh man, I you know, I, I'm not like I, I'm, I'm certainly showing myself to not be a big Cheez It guy, okay? Probably just the probably just the original, you know, the original, Cheez-It. okay? It is one of my favorite snacks, I will admit. I kind of like the extra toasty, it, it, uh, yeah, okay. the, the original are nice, but the extra toasty. I don't mind the other ones as well, but I think the extra toaster are my favorite, although my wife, my wife hates that, that version, but Andy, I appreciate the time, man. Have a good night. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun.